We're excited to prove who we really are. Enough to talk about it. It's about showing uh, the progress that we've made and the identity that we've created and look forward to doing that. That is Mizzou head football coach Eli Drinkwitz. Welcome back to Show Me Today. Uh, Mizzou opens up their football season tonight against South Dakota. And Cameron Connor, our executive producer, is with me. Uh, you're going to the game tonight. Going to the game tonight, indeed. And speaking off of what Drinkwitz talks about, it's it's basically time to put their money where their mouth is because there's <laughs> there's a lot of different changes going on with Mizzou football this year. Yeah, there are, and you know, for, and we'll get into some of that. But is is he on the hot seat? I mean, he's been basically a 500 coach in his first three years uh, during the regular season, uh, lost two bowl games. Uh, how important of a season is this for him? And uh, if he is on the hot seat, how many wins does he need this year? you got to go by above 500 in the regular season. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. When you have two back-to-back six-and-six finishes, especially with how well he's doing on the recruiting end of things, I think that's when you're starting to see the mixed messages get involved, Bill, because... To your point, you know, you say, ah, is he on the hot seat this year? And immediately, I kind of wanted to say yes, but then you look at his track record and the recruiting season he just had again, it's going to be hard to say no. And I mean, that's why Mizzou bought into him in the first place and extended him. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that helped him is that he brought in an offensive coordinator. Kirby Moore comes in, and I, I just, I felt, and I felt the same way too, and I commented on this too when um, Barry Odom took over. That he, after Gary Pinkle, he just he didn't relinquish the defensive play calling Barry Odom, and it's just a whole different animal when you become the head coach. And I know Drinkwitz had his coaching philosophies, and he wanted to kind of set a standard, a way of doing things, and and then he said he'd eventually give that up. I, I didn't think it would take him three years to to do that, and and he actually gave up the play calling late last year. But how will that make him a better head coach by not? game planning as much and calling the plays well overall bill i mean being being the head coach you are the game manager so instead of just taking an intrinsic look on the offensive side if you think about it a lot of those responsibilities have been relinquished and given up to that new offensive coordinator in kirby moore and you know that's that's brother of his other successful brother Kellen Moore in the NFL so you hope that if those strides go it kind of eases the pressure on that and you can look at both sides of the ball you can look at special teams and hopefully put Mizzou in some better situations to make adjustments at halftime which is something they struggled with and also maybe come out with a little bit more fire because sometimes Mizzou was sluggish coming out so now he can look at the overall picture and he doesn't have to just look on the offensive side of the ball a lot of the time yeah and you know people will say well you know Andy Reid calls a lot of the plays for the Chiefs but NFL is different because there's 53 guys uh, when you're dealing with a college football program you're you're dealing with over a hundred kids and uh, the, you know I thought the one thing that Gary Pinkle was really good at was getting locked in he'd put that headset on over his visor and he was locked in and he knew what was going on on both sides of the ball and I think that that's what what made him good so I think even though uh, Eli is on the hot seat I I think having a new offensive coordinator will do a lot for him. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely am too, just because of the fact that, especially with a new changing offense, do you really want Drinkwitz to come in and really focus, you know, in a really, really close landscape landscape look on that when there's going to be so many other volatile things moving around? I, 
I, I'm optimistic about it, too. Yeah, Cameron Connor is with us. We're talking about Mizzou football, their season opener tonight at Faroe Field in Columbia. It's going to be a beautiful night for football. And uh, he's not named a starting quarterback yet. No quarterback put took themselves out of the race. Like, all of our guys played so consistent and were smart, disciplined decision makers. And multiple guys were offensive player of the day because throwing multiple touchdowns and doing the things that we asked them to be a quarterback. So whoever defines it uh, in the game when they're live um, is going to give themselves the best opportunity to continue to be our starting quarterback. Well, Cameron, uh, Eli said he's going to play Brady Cook. He's also going to play Sam Horn. Um, I don't know if we'll see uh, a third quarterback or, or not. But, uh, boy, people were really clamoring to see a lot of Sam Horn last year because Brady Cook struggled. But how much of his struggles due to the fact that his shoulder was jacked up? That's a huge thing that people forget about. You know, people are quick to point the finger, especially at the quarterback position. There's no other position in football that's more criticized unless maybe you're a kicker that misses a game-winning kick. <laughs> there, the, <laughs> there's, there, there's no other way to describe it. So when you're talking about a kid that's got a lot of expectations with an offense and with a coach that generates a lot of attention, you know, whether it's you like it or not, he generates a lot of, of attention no matter if success or not. So I think after that injury from K-State, he had a huge learning curve that he had to get through. He finally figured out how to use his legs. Brady Cook, at the end of the season, figured it out. So if he can make the actual adjustments to use the legs and also make sure that arm and that shoulder's healthy, I think it's realistic to say that he makes a step forward. Yeah. Uh, Well, Here's the thing that blew me away. When they said that he needed off-season surgery and they said he was hurt in the K-State game. He basically played the whole dang year <laughs> injured. Uh, I'm, I'm really pulling for this kid because he got voted as a team captain again. I, I think he commands a lot of respect from uh, his teammates in that locker room. I think he definitely does too. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. He has the fight. It seems like he has the brain for it. Now it's just, can you do it out on the field? To your point, going back to the injury, that's a major <laughs> thing you got to get through. But to get on the negative point of it, it also meant that there was another quarterback ready last year. They thought that a banged-up Brady Cook was their best option at quarterback regardless, <laughs> yeah. which is something that you got to think about in that whole thing. And I think unless Sam Horn comes out of the gates and does something astronomical against South Dakota tonight, I think that Cook is going to be the guy that you're seeing for most of the snaps of the season. Yeah. Yep. And what? so what's the key, Eli, for using two quarterbacks? I think the biggest thing is to allow our quarterbacks to play with a rhythm so they're not feeling like after every play they could potentially be pulled or after every series. So there's a plan in place to do that. Um, they all have a game plan that they're going to execute. I think our offensive coordinator and offensive staff have, have done an excellent job with the plan and, and know what players are comfortable with. All right, here's the other issue, too. Uh, that offensive line did not play very well last year, Cam. No. They absolutely did, and that's why they brought in a junior transfer from Houston, Cameron Johnson. He's going to be an interior guy that's going to have to be – he might be the most important player for Mizzou this year. Not Brady Cook, not Luther Burden. It might be that interior offensive line play because, you know, if the guys don't have time to get things set up, (laughs) it all kind of falls apart. And that was a huge transfer coming forward. So I got to agree with you there. You got to protect the quarterback. Um, You know, I think when you go back and look last year – multiple games with multiple sacks that um, that and hits on quarterbacks that just can't happen um, and so that that really for me is do we have five guys playing as one orchestrating uh, you know 
uh, an effective run game and protecting of our quarterback. Yeah, they say the SEC, it's all about uh, line play. So we'll be watching the offensive line. Uh, I'm Bill Pollack, Cameron Connor with us, talking Mizzou football season opener tonight against South Dakota. Um, what else uh, excites you? What else should fans kind of pay attention to for this first game that'll be on the SEC network uh, as they watch this Mizzou offense? The Mizzou offense is going to have some challenges against South Dakota, and maybe they end up figuring it out and pulling away. But when you look at it on paper, the the Coyotes, and that's the South Dakota Coyotes, they have three FCS preseason All-Americans on that team. There are going to be some building blocks. There are going to be some baby steps that have to be made, and they might get some challenges early. So I'm excited to see if this team, kind of like what Drinkwitz is saying, is all gelled and all right together, or if they have some learning trips that they have to take before it happens. Uh, they brought in Blake Baker, a new defensive coordinator last year. The defense was amazing. Uh, I think this Mizzou defense could be one of the best in the SEC. Is that an exaggeration? Not at all. I mean, w- when you have a secondary combined by Ennis Rakestraw and Chris Abrams-Drain, you have Darius Robinson moving from interior D-line, and he's actually going to be moved out to the edge, which that's also one of my things that I'm most excited to look at because <laughs> he's not your stereotypical defensive end. He's listed at 296 pounds, so he's just south of 300. So if he can get that first step, <laughs> a lot of quarterbacks are going to have to watch out because you got a refrigerator falling on top of you. <laughs> yeah, it might be the second coming of the refrigerator that's for sure all right so mizzou south dakota i hate doing this i hate going with predictions because you just really don't know what's going to happen but um you you say mizzou has got to get better than 500 so i'm assuming you would think they would would do that this year what are you putting their record at you know i'm putting them fringe eight and four you know i I wouldn't be surprised with with seven and five either and it's really all going to start with how much of a fire is under this team to start the season because they have south dakota as we know tonight then they have middle tennessee i think it's more of a swing game when you talk about k-state you got memphis you got vanderbilt after that it's all uphill sledding because it's sec domination the rest of the time you got lsu kentucky south carolina for homecoming they play georgia they play tennessee it's not like it's going to be a cakewalk after those first five six games of the season so if they don't get out to that quick start it might end up be a snowball effect that downturns for this team but at the moment i'm going to put them at eight and four i think this is the year that the offense puts it together like we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation with a new offensive coordinator and kirby moore drinkwood's going to worry about the overall game plan i think you get that winning season out of mizzou yeah yeah, I, I like your eight and four. I said seven and five. Let's uh, let's go through these though. Count count on your fingers so I can keep track of this. Uh, South Dakota, they'll win. Middle Tennessee, let's say they'll win. Let's say they beat Kansas State. Uh, then they beat Memphis in St. Louis and Vanderbilt. They could start five and zero, oh, but let's just say let's say they lose one of those and they're they're four and one. Then you've got LSU. That's probably a loss, right? So we're four and two. Yeah. Uh, at Kentucky, that's a tough one. That could be four and three. Uh, they always play South Carolina well. That's five and three. You're going to lose at Georgia five and four. You got Tennessee here. Ooh, that's one of those. That's one of those toss-ups, right? I mean, five and they're five and four at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they get to. Let's say they're five and five. See, then yeah, I think they can beat Florida at home, and then they got to go to Arkansas on Black Friday. So that's where you kind of get to that seven. So like that Tennessee type of thing, the Kentucky, I see what you're talking about. Those are all those are all kind of swing games. There's not a lot of room for error. They got to get off to a really good start the first month of the season. 
Yeah, they have to, to your point. I think the only confident games I have as far as SEC play is probably where it's not a swing game is Florida at Columbia, November 18th. Because if we know anything, I've heard it so many years covering Mizzou, Florida hates coming to Mizzou in the winter because it's basically the only SEC school that gets cold. (laughs) (laughs) And you can hear it from any SEC team when they roll into Columbia in November. There's always... (laughs) There's always basically just whimpering about it so i i think that they can get that one but all the other ones it's toss up yeah yeah well it'll be good listen it's always uh we need something you know we need some hope obviously we've got the super bowl champion chiefs they start next thursday but you know baseball has been a total in the toilet season so let's uh Tell let's have some it. yeah let's have some positive vibes here with uh mizzou football should be good and uh, just to be back out there will be a lot of fun so yeah What's your uh, what's your go to uh, favorite food in the in the press box? Are you going go to, Are you going to the ice cream at all? When do you hit the ice cream? Usually doing about the second half. You know, for a while I'm, I'm like trying to be my most responsible <laughs> self. I walk up, see the salads and like the chicken or whatever, and you know I'm staying nice. And then it gets to the to after that, and you, maybe you've gone up to get refills for your drinks or something, yeah, yeah. and that ice cream just keeps staring you in the face. <laughs> and it's usually, it's not just one go of it, too, Bill, if I'm going to be honest. It's right, usually yeah. a reoccurring trip. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, the, you get the, the brownies at halftime. We'll have to do a segment on that, too, and just tell <laughs> tell listeners exactly, you know, if you ever notice, uh, most most people in the media uh, are fat and out of shape. And uh, if you <laughs> if you saw the spread of food that they put out at these sporting events for reporters, uh, you'd understand why. So <laughs> uh, We're going to do a weekly segment, not on reviewing or previewing <laughs> Mizzou. It's just going to be what food was offered that yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, what was dealt up. Oh, man. All right, good stuff. Well, Cameron, enjoy the game tonight. I'll be watching, and uh, this should be uh, hopefully a good season for Mizzou and Coach Drinkwitz. Yep, looking forward to seeing what's out there. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.